Are you curious about how you might have a more fulfilling work life? Well, you're not alone. In fact, the numbers show us that many of us want more fulfilling work lives. I'm Susan Mikriadon, your host. And as a finance director, ops director and leadership coach, who has lived and worked in many countries. I've met people who love what they do and people who don't. People who bring their full selves to work and people who won't. But one thing that I've learned that is common to us all is that we are all unique and have unique experiences and perspectives. So join me and my guests as we place a lens on the people side of work life and explore ways to let your uniqueness shine through by sharing insights, stories, strategies and techniques to inspire your work life. Well, today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Carlos Jimeno out in Spain. Carlos, you're very welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers. Thank you very much, Susan. I'm delighted to be here with you today, even though I'm miles away from you, but somehow through technology, I'm with you. Exactly, exactly. And you're one of the first people I met when I moved to Oxford, Carlos. So it's really interesting now to be talking to you when you're somewhere else. I know, I know. We we met two or three years ago, if I remember correctly, Susan, back in Oxford, as you say. And it's kind of magical to be reconnected three years later through the medium of technology. Thank you. No, no, it's great. It's exciting. So, Carlos, I was reading through your website and LinkedIn, and one of the things that really struck me was you say that nobody teaches us public speaking in school or in university, yet we go into the workplace and often our career can depend on our ability to speak, to represent the organization or ourselves. So why are we not getting this skill <laughs> earlier in life? Well, that's, that's totally right, Susan. And I'm so happy that you've selected this topic to begin with because it's so core to my thinking and my philosophy. There are two things that everyone should know about and yet no school no institute, no university on the planet teaches them. One is financial literacy, and the other one is public speaking skills. And when I joined the workforce back in 2006, 2005, I was astonished by the expectations of my bosses to be proficient in meetings, presentations, seminars, conferences, interviews, and nobody had told me a word about all those things, either in school or university. So eventually I, I made it my career, my, my passion, my focus to help people fill that gap in the educational system. And what about you? You say it happened to you when you started work, that you mm. needed to be proficient in, in speaking. How did you go about it, Carlos? Well, I had a, a 
bit of an advantage because I studied journalism in university and then I had a few basic skills I could build on. But it is indeed very difficult to start from scratch if, if you don't have a background in media or journalism like myself. There are a number of things you could do. One I always recommend is to practice in what I call danger-free or risk-free situations. When you speak with your family, when you speak with your friends, when you speak with people you, you feel comfortable with, experiment with the things you say and how you say them. And when the highest stakes situations come across, you'll be ready because you've been practicing every day. So that's one thing you, you could do. There are two more, which I'll describe briefly. One of them is Toastmasters, which some of our listeners may be familiar with, an American organization that teaches individuals the skills to be a leader, the skills to be a public speaker, and it became a big part of my own public speaking journey. And finally, work with the coach like myself, if you need one, because sometimes there isn't enough time to join an organization like, like Toastmasters. Practicing daily in your comfort zone may not be enough for your goals or expectations. So find a coach and work on something specific that you really want to improve, develop or focus on. Absolutely. And what difference did it make to your working life then, Carlos? I know you said you had a, a, a head start as such with journalism, but writing and speaking are two different skills also. Mm -hmm. Totally, Susan. And I started my publishing career in the UK in 2006. And I soon realized that I wasn't the most talented. I wasn't the richest amongst the, the competitors, the employees. And I wasn't the, the one destined for success by nature. I had to find a way to, to climb the ladder. And, and for me, crafting my messages in meetings, crafting my messages when I had a one-to-one -one with my boss, crafting my messages meant thinking in advance about what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. So preparing for those situations and thinking ahead really made a difference for me. Basically, I was trying to be, from a communication perspective, the sales manager or the marketing director or the managing director, even if I wasn't any of them. I was a junior sales executive or a junior sales manager. I was communicating in a way that made people think that I already had the job I was after. So uh, rehearsing is, is important. Behaving as if you are already in the role you want to be in also helps. And visualizing, try and, and picture yourself in that space where you want to end up in one year's time or three years time or five years time. That exercise of visualizing yourself in the future and preparing yourself accordingly can also be very powerful. Mm. Yeah, I really like that, the visualizing and mm. thinking before you do anything almost. It's, it's the preparation, but it's also actually seeing yourself do it and do it well can give you confidence. Totally, 
totally, Susan, and the reason why many of us struggle in those situations when we have to speak in front of a group, when we are in a senior meeting or in a job interview, the reason we struggle is we haven't prepared ourselves enough. We just turn up hoping for the best, hoping for a kind soul that will be gentle to us. And we know from experience that reality is not always like that. So preparation, I would say, is 51% of the battle. And, and yes, and, and then seeing yourself in that context beforehand will make you feel more relaxed, more confident and more comfortable when you're actually in the situation, basically. Carlos, public speaking, the term, I wonder, do people associate that with having to speak in an interview, doing a presentation or attending a conference? Or do they think it's something they do as a wedding speech? Well, thank you for bringing this up, Susan, because this is something I, I feel very strongly about. A clarification needs to be made about the concept. When people hear the term public speaking, as you well say, they think of big presentations, big speeches, or even politicians and famous actors and actresses giving a, an acceptance a speech at the Oscars. And, and yes, that's a form of public speaking, but the reality is public speaking happens everywhere all the time. You speak in public when you when you speak to the bus driver in the morning. You speak in public when you when you order a coffee at Starbucks. You speak in public when you are having breakfast with you with your family. And, and yes, and you also speak in public when you're in a meeting, when you're in a Zoom call, in a webinar, or in a job interview. I think it's important that we all understand that the public sphere of our communication happens all the time, every day. And, uh, and therefore, it's important to practice, to prepare, to be mindful about the things you say and how you say them, not just in a, in a big political speech, if you happen to be in politics or in a job interview, but in every verbal interaction you have with, with other human beings. Yeah. And we live in a world, Carlos, where capturing attention is really quite a difficult and tricky thing to be able to do. So do you have an antidote or a shortcut for that? Well, yes, I, I think I do. And, and you're right, Susan, the, the world is a busy, crowded place. It's eight billion of us and, and counting. And either in the corporate world or in your personal life, getting people's attention and keeping it is a challenge. And here's my solution to that problem, Susan. I would advise anyone listening to us today that the key to success in that context is simplicity. Less is more is so true in today's world. If you really want to say something, if you really want to capture somebody's attention, focus on the one message that you really want to share to influence with to inspire with to motivate with we all tend to particularly in the west because of the way we've been educated we all tend to say a lot and speak a lot and speak very quickly because we think that 
the more we say and the more quickly we say it, the more knowledgeable and influential will come across. But the opposite is actually true. Keep it simple, keep it short, keep it concise, keep it clear. And in doing so, those listening to you will feel that you're in control, you're clear about your thoughts and your message, and they will be keen to learn more from you and will be asking you even more questions. So, so keep it simple and, and, and definitely less is more in public speaking. Mm. And as you're saying that, I'm also thinking about bringing calm, I suppose, in the workplace, that by saying less and by being yeah. clearer and not frenzied, you can convey calmness. Absolutely. And, and, and that precisely, Susan, brings me to a second concept that I think is very important, which is the concept of silence. The corporate world is, is noisy, is busy. Meetings are noisy and, and busy. And, uh, and we live in a culture that tends to reward abundance and quantity versus quality. And sometimes... By saying less, you give the group or the people you're engaging with an opportunity to pause and think and digest everything that everyone is saying. And that tends to, to mean better quality of thought, better outcomes, and a healthier relationship amongst those in the meeting because you, you move away from that confrontational attitude that we're all so familiar with in, in the corporate world. It's my idea versus your idea. And you move on to a more collaborative space where you say something concisely, then the group takes time to think about it. They enjoy that silence amongst them. And then they can come up with a, a solution that takes into account, if not everybody's views, but most of um, the views that have been shared and, and, and it's more rational and, uh, and yes, karma, as you say, Susan. So uh, it's interesting because in public speaking, we tend to think about words, obviously, people talking and, and, and saying something. And yes, that's, that's a big part of it. But silence and listening and pausing are also a key component in public speaking because without those, it's very difficult to engage with your audience and it's very difficult to give them time to follow your words follow your thoughts and follow your your story so anyone thinking of public speaking and or improving public speaking should take into consideration pauses and silence as well as saying something mm. and you talked about listening which is probably an undervalued and underrated skill. Totally, totally. And it's, it's often mistakenly associated with introverts or people who aren't confident enough. And, and it's not like that. I mean, I think listening and allowing the space and the time to think and to ask more questions is key to understanding. We often think, public speaking as a one-way exercise. So I stand up, I speak, and all of you will listen. And that's a bit old-fashioned. And, and yes, that used to happen in 
in political speeches in the 70s and the 80s and even the 90s. It, it did happen in corporate offices in the early 2000s. But in today's world, public speaking is also more about listening carefully to the person you have in front of you and being able to ask questions in response to the things they are telling you. So I think that's a, a key component of public speaking, a key component of communication, and a key component of confidence, because the more you listen and the better your answers and your statements become, the more powerful and, and influential and respected you become. Mm. And the better at picking up nuances and perhaps what isn't being said. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listening in public speaking is about reading between the lines, even reading the minds, and, and reading body language. Because in public speaking, we use our eyes and our hands, and uh, we all react consciously or unconsciously to what other people say. And by being able to observe and read interpret and react to, to that body language, to those signs that our bodies project is, is so important. And I would say that in particular, whether you're speaking or listening, I would recommend that everyone pays attention to the way they use their hands and their eyes because they are the most uh, powerful communication tools we have, often ignored, often forgotten, and they can be incredibly influential and persuasive and, and, and a way to gain people's confidence and people's minds and people's support. So don't underestimate the, the power of using your body, your eyes and your hands in particular, as a communication tool. And is it a lack of consciousness about those, I wonder, Carlos? Do people not realize that they speak with their hands and their eyes too and I'm going to add a question on even though I should be going for <laughs> for clarity and sh shortness here but it's also zoom you know it's an opportunity to watch yourself as you speak and see how you use your eyes and your hands that you would never have yes 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 I think going back to your First question of the two, Susan, I would say most people are aware that they are communicating with their eyes and their hands and their body in general. However, they are so focused on remembering the things they want to say, trying to keep their nerves from being too visible, too obvious, trying to convey an image of control and, and authority and, and professionalism that they are so focused on all those things they forget that their eyes and their hands are playing a, a role as well and at that point the their use of hands and eye contact is out of control because they are too focused on everything else that they're trying to remember a way a fantastic way to to improve on this as you suggest is recording yourself on Zoom. And, and there are two ways to do this. You can either record every video call you have with colleagues and friends if you have their permission. So you can then watch the, the recording at a later time and, and analyze in greater detail how you've been using your eyes and hands. 
So that's one one way to do it. The other way, which takes a bit more dedication and interest, is uh, record yourself speaking on camera just on your own. Create a a free Zoom account. Schedule a meeting for yourself. A meeting where you will be the only invitee, and then press record and and speak to camera for five minutes, ten minutes. It doesn't have to be longer than that. And then again, watch the recording and and see how you're using your hands and your eyes, and how you could change the use of hands and eyes for greater impact. I'll go one step further, Susan, and, and we'll say, if you feel brave enough. Share the recording with somebody you trust, somebody who could provide honest, useful feedback on how you've been using hands and eyes in those recordings. And in doing so, you'll get even more input as to how to use body language for greater impact on camera. Mm. I, I, I think people are going to be going, oh my God, I can't do that. No way, that would just be awful. I hate the sound of my own voice. I can't look at myself. These are the kind of things I often hear people say. So how, how can you take that first step, Carlos, if you feel like that? Uh, well, I think it's totally normal to feel like that. And we've, we've all felt that sense of, well, I don't like my voice. I don't like the way I look. I think it's, it's human. I will say this. Susan, we're all the same. We're all human. Some, somehow, when we speak on camera or when we speak to a group, somehow we think that the group is perfect and they know everything and they do everything perfectly and we don't. And we are imperfect and we, we're not good enough to be there standing up and speaking. But the reality is they have, those people listening to you or engaging with you have the same fears the same anxieties, the same imperfections as you do. And so be yourself, relax, do your best, be true to your values and your convictions and your principles, and they will see a human being just like themselves. So that's the first thing I would recommend. Remember that they are the same as you, so be yourself. The second thing, practice, practice, practice what I call the, the PPP rule, the more you put yourself in uncomfortable situations, the more comfortable you will be eventually when really important situations come, come your way, like a, a really important job interview or a high stakes presentation or a big speech in front of a big group. Just practice, practice, practice. And also going back to the point about Zoom earlier, Try and get as much feedback as you can from people watching you and, and listening to you. Because it is that feedback from them, the way they see you, the way they hear you, that will really help you improve, polish your performance and improve your, your authority, your confidence and, and your comfort. Mm. And feedback, actually, Carlos, is a very interesting one two not just feedback on your public speaking but the ability to give feedback in the workplace to colleagues mm -hmm. whether positive or constructive that's also about public speaking it is it is totally susan and one of the reasons why giving feedback 
is so frustrating, messy, and even uncomfortable for both parties is the message is never clear enough, is never concise enough. It never has the structure it should have. Going back to that point we made earlier about less is more and focusing on one, two or three key things. So, so applying public speaking principles of, of simplicity and conciseness and focus to giving feedback is very, very important. And there is a wonderful book, which I recommend to everyone listening now. There is a wonderful book called Thanks for the Feedback. I, unfortunately, I don't remember the name of the authors at this moment, but if you look up on the internet, thanks for the feedback on books, it will come up. And it's a wonderful book because it not only touches on the, the concept of giving feedback, but also on the subject of how to receive feedback efficiently so you can feed back to the feedback if, if you like and then take action accordingly and, and profit from that feedback you've you've been given so anyone interested in the subject of feedback i would recommend reading this book thanks for the feedback and as i said applying public speaking principles of simplicity conciseness and and maybe most of all focus there are many things you could include a feedback conversation, but not all of them will be relevant at that point in time. Not all of them will be important or useful. And so picking one thing that somebody does really well and praise that, and, and perhaps one area that needs some attention or an area for improvement, that will be more helpful and more useful for the person listening than, than covering 10 or 15 or, or 20 elements that may make the, the other person feel a bit criticized in, in a negative way and, and undervalued. So, so yes, feedback, like listening, important elements of, of public speaking, even if they don't, they don't appear to be. Mm-hmm. And that's a, an interesting concept you raised there, Carlos, about receiving feedback which I guess is also, I mean, you're listening. So there is one of your public speaking skills and then you're receiving the feedback. But if you don't understand it or you need clarification, then it's also about framing that question so that you can elicit it properly from the person who's giving it. Yes, yes. And that takes me to another key element of public speaking Susan, which as you already anticipated is asking questions. When somebody gives you feedback, we tend to, obviously we listen and then we go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we make noises or, 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 <laughs> or, we pull, or we pull funny faces because we obviously disagree with what's being said. Or we go quiet and silent for a few minutes trying to cope with the feedback we're getting or digest the information we're receiving. And, and, and all those goods are okay. They're natural to go quiet, to, to pull a funny face or to make a noise is fine. But even better, ask questions. If you are feeling unsure, unclear or uncomfortable about the feedback you're being given, ask questions for a greater clarification. And I, I know asking questions can feel sometimes a little 
challenging and, and confrontational, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. You have the right to check, to clarify, to understand the things that are being said to you. And, and so asking questions is a great element in, in public speaking. And I always go to the five or six uh, so-called journalistic questions, the, the, the why, the how, the what, who, where, when, and maybe if, if relevant, how much. <laughs> but begin with those. And those will, will provide a, a dimension, a depth of, of, of clarity and information that perhaps you didn't have when the conversation first started. And, and this is particularly useful in what I call one-to-one -one public speaking. If you're in a feedback meeting or if you're in a one-to-one catch-up with your boss or you're in a dinner party with somebody you don't know and you're beginning to feel uncomfortable with the silence, ask questions. They will make you a, a, a great speaker. People will go away from the meeting or the party thinking, oh, how lovely to meet Susan, how lovely to meet Carlos. He, he asks so many clever questions. But asking questions is always a good technique, a good resource, and a good principle of public speaking in general. And it's, it's funny because in asking questions means the pressure is off you and it's on the other person's to, to say something. <laughs> That's a great, great piece of advice, Carlos. And also very simple because you've brought it right back to the who, why, where, when, how that we yes. all know, but maybe forget. And as you're talking, it reminds me as well that I, I have a habit of answering a question with a question. <laughs> So that I don't have to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> that's very clever, Susan. That's, that's, that's acceptable. That's a valid resource. That is a valid technique. I would only say caution with how often and how many times you do it, because at some point the other person can, can start to, to wonder why you're challenging him or her so, so much. But, but no, I think it's, it's, it's fair. Especially, especially if you don't know what to say or you don't understand the question in the first place. I think you have the right to answer a question with, with another question and, and it keeps the conversation going and it keeps the conversation interesting and, and it gives you time to think. While the other person says something, it gives you time to think, to articulate your message, to, to edit it in your head, make it concise provide your message with a structure and come across as more in control and more compelling and more, uh, more interesting, I suppose. Mm. And Carlos, I was just wondering, is the reason we don't hear much about public speaking or the term public speaking being used, like we're talking now in the workplace, is mm -hmm. it's always tied in under communication skills. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that dilutes it somehow. It does. It does because, well, both communication skills and, and public speaking skills are very broad, massive terms. But I think I prefer public speaking because it brings the focus, it brings the attention on the things you say when you are outside of your own hands. There are many ways to communicate. It could be verbal and nonverbal. It could be using language or using... You could communicate with money, 
you could communicate with a job title, you could communicate with a car, with the house you have, with the, with the clothes you wear. Yeah. So communication Likes is... Likes on Facebook, you know, just pressing a button, yeah. Totally, just with likes on social media, you are somehow communicating. But that's very different from standing up in front of one person, in front of a group, in front of an audience, and articulate a message that will ultimately drive positive change and, and will take your your values, your principles, your purpose further in life. So I, I, I would, you're, you're right, Susan, and I think it's, it's, it's right that we, we raise this point and we ask this question. Communication skills are important, but they're too generic. When we speak about communication skills, we should be more specific. Public speaking brings the focus on what you say when you're outside of your head, why you say it, and what change it drives and and this is another key point in my my public speaking philosophy if i may describe it like that which is we all say something for a reason or, or we should we say something we stand in front of a group we go to a job interview we have a one-to-one -one conversation because we want to improve somebody's lives change some injustice in the world drive positive change and so crafting what you say and how you say it is so important because hopefully what you say will have a positive impact on those listening to you and that impact will grow and will change the things you, you want to change. So, so yes, I think it's, it's, it's good to make that distinction and it's good to remember that we should speak for a reason. Yeah, I like that, speak for a reason. But also your voice has power. Other than just showing up every day and doing your work, it's much more about connecting with your purpose and values and using your voice to articulate what's inside your head. Totally, totally. I'm very pleased that you raised this point, Susan, because often public speaking feels scary, and difficult and terrifying because we focus on the things other people want us to say. Like at work, you need to present a report or you need to present an analysis or a project or a proposal. But it's often the case that those tend to be somebody else's ideas or facts and figures or, or needs and goals. When you speak from within yourself, when you speak from conviction, when you speak about what you really believe in, what you're really interested in, then public speaking is fun, is natural, is powerful, is easy. And, and yes, you may still feel nervous, but in a good way, in a, in a way that makes you come across as authentic and passionate and motivational and, and inspirational. So I think bringing that component of purpose and mission and, and drive will make it easier and, and better. And also sharing your, your story with, with the world, with your colleagues, with your friends. I know many of us feel uncomfortable with talking about ourselves or our lives, and, and I understand that. But, you know, you, you're here, you're in the planet, you, you're alive, you have a name and a face and an identity, and you have, you have a story behind you and you have a life and you have 
expectations and goals and dreams and aspirations. So communicate them. Speak about those goals and expectations and dreams and, and desires and ideas. And, and in doing so, you will gradually feel more comfortable with your message. And hopefully, as I said, your message will begin to have an influence on those around you, whether it's work colleagues, your boss, your husband or wife, your friends, your, your children even. So, so yes, speak from within and speak from conviction and everything somehow becomes easier and, and tell your story because it has a value. Absolutely. And often the stories, Carlos, are about overcoming struggles or overcoming situations that build resilience for you, but also help like you said, inspire others. And it's almost beholden on you to use your voice for that. So tell me about storytelling, Carlos. If you do have a story to tell, how do you do that? <laughs> yes, well, for, for the last few years, we've been hearing the term storytelling in the media, in social media, and, and various other contexts. And I became a little, not tired of the word storytelling because it's important, but I created a, a synonym, an alternative that I think, I think is even better, which is a storyology. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> which is somehow a storytelling turned, turned into science. And, and there is a, a bit of a science behind it, but there are basically four components you need to listen to to, to build and, and, and tell a story. The first one is the characters. And, and if you're telling your story, that, that one is easy. You are the, the main character. You are at the center of your story. And, and it's easy to remember because you'll be speaking about things you have experienced yourself. So characters is number one. Number two is conflict or a problem or a pain point or something that worries you or something you want to change in in the world it may not be something about you but you you may want to bring homelessness to an end you want to increase social justice in your area it could be anything it could be anything but there is something that is worrying you and you want to change or improve there is a third element that is about dialogue things that people tell you things that you tell people, conversations you remember from the past that have had an impact on you, and then you bring into a story to communicate those conversations to those listening to you. So bring conversations from, from family members, from friends, from work colleagues into your storytelling techniques because those will make them more real and, and better stories overall. And finally, and very important, conflict resolution. Your life story, your own experience brings a, a message of hope, a message of change, a, a message of we can do this that will inspire and motivate others to do the same. Maybe pursuing your, your true career and quitting your, your nine to five job. It may be helping somebody that really needs your, your help in your area or in other countries. It could be anything. But remember, going back to what you said earlier about we're all the same. We all have the same anxieties, the same fears, the same uh, 
problems, if you like, to, to a degree. And so by speaking up and telling your story, you will be helping others who thought they were alone. And, and now they will realize by listening to you that, that they are not. That is so true, Carlos. And it's something I hear all the time when people share a story about something they've overcome is other people come out saying, oh, my God, I'm so glad I'm not alone. I'm not the only one, because we forget that we have universal lives as well as personal lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The beauty of public speaking in, in the current world is it's global. You could be helping somebody on the other side of the world. You could be helping somebody in your own neighborhood. You could be inspiring people who are younger than you or older than you. And, and that global dimension, as well as the public dimension, means, means that sharing your story and sharing your message is more, more exciting and, and possibly more important than, than ever. Mm, great. So, Carlos, your storyology is also captured in a little gem of a book. Tell us about your book and congratulations <laughs> on publishing a book. Thank you very much, Susan. Yes, I, I did publish a, a little book back in November 2020. And I wrote the book because I had a, a story to tell and I had a message to share and because I wanted to help those coming behind me, but also those who are with me or ahead of me and may not have access to the experiences and the knowledge and the education I have had when it comes to public speaking. So yes, public speaking, a very practical introduction is my book. It has 10 chapters that will hopefully transform your public speaking and, and your life in a, in a good way. And, and it's available globally for you to buy now or whenever you wish. Fantastic. And Carlos, you're also a public speaking coach. Indeed, indeed. I, I enjoy speaking in public, not because I'm that good, but because I speak from conviction and from my values and because I think there is a value in speaking in public. And also I help others polish, improve, edit, and, and develop their own skills, which I think will transform their personal and, and professional careers. I do one-to-one -one coaching and, and corporate coaching, and I think it's a fantastic way to find your, your story, find your values, and, and progress in life, both professionally and, and personally. So available to coach anybody, anytime. Great, and it gives a whole new meaning to tell me about yourself. Because if you're able to articulate that message coherently and simply, it sets you apart from others. It does. It does. And my coaching is, is, is all about finding yourself, finding your purpose, and then building your story and being able to communicate it. When those three elements are clear in your head, somehow career progression, life progression, financial progression, social progression become easier and, and faster. And, of, and often all those components I've mentioned seem challenging and impossible precisely because we're not clear in the first place about who we are, 
which is a, what was our story and how are we going to tell it? Amazing. Well, Carlos, that has been so interesting. Thank you so much for sharing with us. And if somebody would like to connect with you, what's the best way to find you? Well, I've got a website, which is cgpublicspeakingcoaching.com. You will find details about my work and myself there. You will also find me on social media. And you can find my book, as I said, on Amazon and on an indie bookshop near you. So either on social media, my website, cgpublicspeakingcoaching.com, or my book will, will get you closer to me and my work. Fantastic. And we'll put links in the show notes so that people can easily find you if they want to. Thank you. So thank you so much, Carlos, for your time today. And I wish you the very best in spreading your message and everyone else's. Thank you so much for having me today, Susan, and for giving me the opportunity to share my my thoughts, my ideas and, and my work. And I hope the, the time we've spent together will help some of your listeners too. I'm sure it will inspire. Thank you. Thank you very much. Imagine if every day you enjoy work, express yourself fully and exceed expectations. I believe we're all entitled to have this and that the future of work life will be changed by those who strive for and create more fulfilling work lives for themselves, their colleagues, their teams and wider organisation. Thank you for listening today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with someone you know who is curious like you.